when you guys are ready, <clears throat> hit the button and let me know. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Keys Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Vineyard Verses, what we're doing really with this series is we're looking at passages of Scripture. We're breaking them down a verse at a time, and I'm encouraging you uh, as you think about them during the week to try and memorize the verse. Um, they're, they're just it's powerful to have some um, Scripture available to you because you've memorized it, and it just kind of finds its way into your life that way, I think, uh, quicker. And uh, it's there for the Holy Spirit to remind you of. There's just a lot of really good reasons to memorize Scripture. And so we're, we're looking at verses and, and passages that are foundational to the Christian walk. And we've, we've talked about, you know, in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, our access to God 24-7. We've, we've looked at Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 8, and we've talked about, you know, not being anxious about anything and, and, and in everything with thanksgiving by prayer and petition and how important that is for the peace of God. We, we took some time in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, and we talked about being a people of mission and that our mission is one more. And we talked about, you know, uh, justification and sanctification and reconciliation and being ambassadors for Christ and that we have, you know, the messages, the gospel, the good news. And um, now we're in a new passage of Scripture. <clears throat> uh, and this is where really we get our goal from. Uh, if that one more was our mission and came out of 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, our goal is all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And uh, we get that out of Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And uh, we're, we're kind of taking some time to look through these verses and talk about what they mean. And we're going to continue to do that over the next few weeks. Uh, last week... We jumped in, we talked about loving God with our, all our heart, and I, I said, you know, when you, in the Bible, when you, when you read about the heart, it's not the, the organ pumping blood inside our chest, it's, it's the control panel of our lives. The heart motivates us and compels us and moves us and draws us, and, and I said, you know, we need to make our heart love for God, our highest love. Uh, it needs to be a, a priority in our lives, an area that's without compromise, and yet, as we looked at, there's a lot of things that compete in our lives for that highest love. Today, I want to talk about loving God with all our soul, with our soul. We're going to add that into the process. That's the intro. Transition, there's always a bad joke or a silly thing or a silly thought. These are just some things I, I thought I'd just share with you. Like, like recently, I decided to change my password to incorrect so that whenever I forget it, the computer would say, your password is incorrect. Uh, a computer once beat me at chess, but it was no match for me at kickboxing. <laughs> okay, almost done. Just a thought. Is it wrong that only one company makes the game Monopoly? You think about it, let me know. Scripture reading here on purpose, Matthew 22. I probably should have stopped with the second one. 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Blessed be the word of the Lord. 
And I said, you know, Jesus, this is Jesus' re reply to being asked, in effect, what's the most important thing that we can do? Love God, all in. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this idea of all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength, we're going to continue to dig in today. Uh, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I said, I want to I wanna talk about loving God with our soul today. So let's start by trying to define the soul. Point number one, what is the soul? When we talk about the soul, what are we talking about? The soul is the part of you that is not physical. It's the part of you that will live eternally even after your physical body experiences death. Um, we get a picture of this idea way back in Genesis chapter 35. As um, Rachel dies um, giving birth to Benjamin. And in uh, Genesis 35, 18 through 19, it says this, And it came about, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So in this verse, Rachel names her son as her soul was departing. And it demonstrates that the soul is different from the body and that it continues to live after physical death. I love something that C.S. Lewis said about the soul. He said, he said this, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. You have a body. And I like that thought when you think about the soul. Because the, the soul is the, the real you. It's, it's what makes you you. It's what makes us us. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, what good will it be for man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So, so the soul is who you really are. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all about your inner being. It's, it's you know, it's, it's what, it, the part of you that, that continues to live forever in Him. So how do we then secondly love God with all our soul? Point number two, how do we love God with all our soul? And so the idea is we're to love Him from the very core of who we really are. Last week I said we're to love Him with all our heart, the control plan of our lives. Um, and, and this week we're also to love Him, not only from that control panel thing, but, but from our inner being. Not in some sort of fake, external, pious, pretend, mask-wearing way. See, see uh, at the fall, in, in back in Genesis 3, when, when we fell, um, you know, prior to the fall, we lived in relationship with God and with one another, apparently. And it says that Adam and Eve were, were naked and unashamed. So they were completely open and transparent with one another. With God, there was no shame. Uh, after the fall, things changed. And, and immediately, they started trying to cover up and to hide. And they were ashamed of everything. And, and shame, um, which is one of the enemy's favorite tactics to try and shame us, and it's, uh, since the fall, it's part of our lives. Shame is sort of um, at complete odds with a soul. The shame tries to keep you from being who you really are. See, uh, at the fall, remember, all of a sudden, Adam and Eve, they started trying to hide who they were now. And they started trying to cover up and to pretend. And, and, and to, to, you know, they, it's like they, they put on masks. And what shame causes all of us to do is, is uh, you know, we, we often hide 
from who we really are. We may not even be aware of who we really are. We're busy trying to be what we think everybody else wants us to be or what the situation calls for or uh, we wear masks and we pretend and we're afraid if anybody really knew who we were, you know, that, that they would have nothing to do with us and so we have all this mess that we go through and yet, yet we need to know that, that God, who knows everything about us, wants us to come to Him in a way that, that you know, beats back that shame and just comes to Him with who we really are. And that includes all the good stuff and all the not good stuff and everything else. Uh, it, it, and, and this is very important for our relationship with God to move past this whole idea of having to perform or put on or wear a mask or we have to be a certain way with God, you know, and, and all these things that are happening. We, we need to come to Him in the reality of who we are. That's what this idea of, of all in with our soul really means. And there's a few things about it that I think will help. So a little letter A under that, number two, is that we're to love Him with a real love. We're to love Him with a real love. See, sometimes we'll settle for doing things outwardly. But, but um, He wants us to love Him from, from deep inside, from the core of who we are. And so he's, he's never satisfied with externals or something that can be faked or put on or worked up. That doesn't interest God at all. Um, he, he's not, it's not what He wants. He wants you to come to Him with a real love, with who you really are, with your situation. He's, he's not interested in performance. Um, he wants us all in, you know, heart, soul in this case. And um, I, I love this conversation that Jesus has with Peter to help him sort of figure this out. Now, um, <clears throat> if you remember, at one point, Peter had denied Jesus three times. After he said, I will never do that, I'm with you till the very end, I'm going to be there, I'm your guy, you can count on me, everybody else might leave, I'm going to be there. And then if you remember the story, as, as the pressure got up, I think Peter meant well, but it just became so intense, he denies him three times. And after the resurrection, Jesus comes to him, and he has this discussion with Peter in, in chapter 21 of the book of John, verses 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, Jesus is using this question of do you love me to make Peter take a, a look inside his own soul so that he would settle in his love for Jesus. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked the question three times to settle the matter for Peter to erase, in effect, the three denials. To, to, to get him to move away from the shame of denying Christ and to embrace the reality that he does love Jesus all in. And, and Jesus wanted to make sure the matter was settled for Peter so it would never again be a question. And so he, he probes him with the question. It wasn't to go to him or to make him pay. It was to make him take a real look at, at his heart for Jesus and at his soul, his inner person. What do you, where are you really, Peter? And Peter's like, yeah, Lord, you know you know, you know, I love you. So it caused him to, to not just pop off some quick answer. He had to look and think. And, and Jesus was, you know, in pursuit of, of his, who he really was. 
Don't you love that about God that He pursues us? You, you, you ever notice, you know, I, I talked to you about the fall a little while ago. I was thinking about that. So Adam and Eve fell. They did what they weren't supposed to do. And everything changed. And suddenly they were hiding from God and they were covering up and they were, they were afraid. And, and isn't it amazing that God pursues them even in that? God chases after. So even in our own mess, isn't it amazing how He pursues us? And He wants to restore relationship with us. It's a picture of that whole process. And, and Jesus here with Peter, he wanted to make sure Peter was right and, and you know, settled in this reality. And so we're to love him with a real love, uh, a love, you know, where we've looked at it and we, we get that beyond everything else, we want to love Jesus. B, we're to love him with our personality, our personality. Part of who we really are is our personality. God created us with, with personality. We all have different personalities, thank goodness. And, and so we, we need to love God with our entire inner life, with everything that we feel, that we think, that we believe, that we want, that we choose, that we pursue. See, the soul is where we experience life, and our joys, and our sorrows, and our peace, and our, our anxiousness are all part of what make up our inner life. It's, it's all of the good, and the bad, and the ugly that's in us. And, and God wants us to love Him with all of it. With all of it, see, we, have, we get stuck in this thought that, that we're only supposed to go to Him with the good stuff and when we're doing good. And, you know, He doesn't want to hear all that other stuff and it's not the reality. He wants to, for you to be in relationship with Him with everything that you're going through, with, with all of it, all of it. That's, that's why um, sometimes people ask me, because I'm a big fan of the book of Psalms. I love the Psalms. I read the Psalms every day. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know the, the Psalms. What, why do you, why do you, you know, why do you, what, they're kind of weird. And, and see, the Psalms are a book for the soul. And when you read the Psalms, you, you might be a little shocked, and this is why I think people freak out, at the rawness of how the writer is relating to God. Because sometimes, you know, they, when you read a Psalm, the guys sound really angry, I mean like really angry, or really depressed. And they often are questioning if God's even there or not. And, and then other times the Psalms are filled with joy and they're, they're filled with delight and gladness. Sometimes fear, sometimes worry, sometimes anxiety, sometimes frustration. You know, all the things that we actually experience as believers are there. And, and it's the psalmists relating to God with their souls, with, with their personality, with, with who they are and what they're going through. Psalm 63, 1 through 8, I love this, says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I'll lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. That's an amazing psalm. It expresses a love for God that's real and passionate. It's an expression of the soul. Uh, of, of the personality of who we are and how He created us. And so we're to love Him that way. Um, C, we're also to love Him with our emotion. Here's something we don't always talk about. 
our emotion, really. Do you, you know God doesn't avoid emotion? Um, and yet often we try to. But emotion is useful because it has a way of moving us back towards God. And, and that, again, that's what happens in the, in the Psalms. The writers are angry, sometimes they're scared, sometimes they're frustrated, and that ultimately draws them closer to God. Or they're joyful and they're happy and they're celebratory, and that draws them closer to God. And see, every emotion we experience in life can, can be a God thing. God can use it if we're being honest and we're allowing Him to do it. He, he doesn't want you to love Him only when things are going well. He wants you to love Him even when life stinks. But you have to be real and honest to do it. And, and sometimes we, for some, it seems like a lot of people have bought into this thing that, that we can only really be with God when we, when we go and we're, we're all settled and we're happy and everything's going well. And, you know, we, we can't go to Him when life is hard and tell Him that life is hard. And do you know that He's way big enough to handle it when life is hard? Uh, and he's, you know, he's aware of your situation anyway. He just wants you to hang out with him. He wants you to be real with him. He wants you to tell him what you're going through, when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're, when you're mad, when you're not, when you're, when you're filled with joy, and, and when it seems like, you know, life is crushing you. He wants you to come with all of it and just be real with him. So that he, he wants the very core of who you are involved in this relationship, not masked up and pretending like things are fine when they're not and not holding back when things are going great and you want to tell him about it. He, he wants you in, in all of it. Listen to this psalm, another psalm in Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where's your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of the Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. See, it, it, it's just so honest about what, what the writer's going through. It's, it's got it all in there. He's, where are you? And it was okay. God could handle it. You love that? See, God can handle it when you're going through. I mean, I love that about God. He, I don't have to wait until I have it figured out again. In the midst of this psalm, he'll go, but I know you're with me. I, I know, I get it, but where, where are you right now? And, and see, that's the soul. 
that's the reality of who you are. And that's what God wants you to bring to Him. Who you really are, what you're going through, what it's all about, the good and the bad, all of it. And see, He wants us to love Him this way. We're to love God not only with all our heart, but also with all our soul. With a, with a real love that springs from our personality and includes our emotion. It includes the whole deal. And we bring that to God. So think about those things this week. Think about the soul. So you, you are a soul and you have a body. And what that means and what that looks like and, and what it looks like to be real. And, and you know, think about how, how shame and the shame that the, the, the enemy tries to pour on us and that the, the culture shoves on people, how that is like, it's what tries to kill the soul to make us pretend and fake and not real and put on masks and hide from everyone. And, and yet we can stand before God in the midst of our life. And, and He wants us just to be real before Him, to be who we are, and, and experience Him like that. And there's something very powerful about doing that. So take time to, to try and, you know, move through those things. And, and when you can, read the Psalms. And, and, and don't... When you read the Psalms, don't always try and figure out the Psalms. Just try and read the Psalms. And, and, and actually think about, you know, without figuring it out, what, what emotion is being expressed? What's going on? What, what was the writer like? What was happening? And just sort of think about it that way. Don't try and put it into a box because they don't fit into the same. That's why I think a lot of times they get frustrated. You can't stick them into a box. Oh, well, this is, it's, a, it's the soul. It's the reality of a person writing to God in the midst of their stuff. It's just honest. And think about them that way. And, it, and hopefully it makes us get in touch with, you know, who we are as well. It makes us think through things and looks into the bigger thing, just like Jesus did with Peter. Make him look inside and think about what's really happening. So anyway, think about that this week. Next week, we're going to talk about loving God with all our mind and how, uh, how God wants us to involve our minds in this process as well. But that's good for today. If you're watching by video, thanks for watching. We'd love for you to join us when you can. And if you need prayer, go to the webpage at keysvineyard.com, and there's a place for prayer, and we will pray for you. See you soon.